0: Thank you. Um, I love that kind of music. Yeah. All right. Well, we we are one people. Huh. Wouldn't it be good if we live into that? Um, not just in the church, but in our community and in the world. I don't know about y'all, but... Um, I look around and, and I think, uh, you know, we're living in some of the most divisive, uncivil un, um, times, it seems like, at least when we interact with each other. We seem to be so much about judging and condemning people who don't look like us and act like us. And unfortunately, that's not just in society, is it? It's also in the church. In fact, um, Survey after survey um, tells us that the majority of people outside the church see the church as being judgmental. Nine out of ten people perceive the church as being judgmental. Now, that's those folks out there. They don't understand anything, right? Well, there's 53% of young people who are in the church, see the church as being judgmental and condemning. Ooh. Sometimes I think we receive such uh, data and statistics and we just kind of uh, blow it off. Uh, but the reality is that often we seem to be more about judging and condemning other people. When I was going to seminary in um, Wilmore, Kentucky, uh, the young woman who cut my hair, um, we were having a conversation one day, and I was asking her about church, and, sh- and she said, well, I-, I used to go to this church over here, um, but um, I got pregnant, and I wasn't married. And uh, it seemed like the church was more interested in making sure I understood how bad I was than coming alongside of me in the midst of that difficult time. Her experience of the church was one who could quickly condemn and point out what she had done wrong, but was unable to come alongside her to help her be reconciled and restored. And so she never stepped... Step foot in that church again. Fortunately, uh, when she uh, was married and had uh, other kids, that she did find a church in which she felt like she could be received. And yet, she didn't feel comfortable telling them that she had had this experience. Because she was worried even that church might condemn her and judge we got to be honest with ourselves. Oftentimes the church has earned, we have earned the reputation of being judgmental and condemning of other folks. We um, often know in James uh, chapter 1, James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry because um, anger will hinder showing God's righteousness. Oftentimes, we are slow to listen, very fast to speak and grow angry and condemning and judgmental of others. We often assume we know what people's motives are. We, we often um, seek to deconstruct without um, any um, effort to reconcile or reconstruct. We often, when we um, disagree with someone or we think someone has done something wrong, we make it personal. And we participate in demonizing and, and calling of names and those kinds of things. Sometimes if we're honest, I think, we like to be critical and judge other people because in some way it makes us feel a little better about ourselves. It makes us feel a little bit more moral because we don't do this, or a little bit more superior because we don't have that weakness or that fault. What do you think Jesus has to say about that? What, if, what, what, what do you say we take a look? We are... We are uh, going to look at Matthew chapter 7, where we are in this passage of Scripture, which is called the Sermon on the Mount, which is a, a very intense and condensed teaching of Jesus um, and, and um, is likely a compilation of what Jesus taught for the three years that he did ministry. And we've already uh, heard much of his teaching, which is challenging to us who live in this upside-down world. Yes? He challenges us to live in a different way rather than just to do what everyone else is doing. And so I invite us to hear these words from chapter 7. They're going to sound familiar to you. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. You'll receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Why do you see the splinter in your brother's eye or sister's eye, but don't notice the log in your own? How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take that splinter out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You get the humor and ridiculousness of that that Jesus teaches? this to the people who are listening? You deceive yourself. First, take the log out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's or sister's eye. Don't give holy things to dogs, and don't throw your pearls in front of pigs. They will stomp on the pearls, and then turn around and attack you. Ask, and you will receive. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, whoever seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread, or give them a snake when they ask for fish? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? Therefore, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God this day and respond. Now, I want to unpack this passage of Scripture because on first reading, it kind of sounds like some disjointed uh, things have been thrown together, but I I want to suggest to you that this whole passage fits together well. Now, the one thing I want to make sure that we understand, because often uh, this very first line is pulled out, right? Have you ever heard somebody say, um, don't judge or you will be judged? Has anybody ever said that to you when you seem to be judging them about something? And, we, and sometimes we quote that as if, well, what Jesus means is that we're never supposed to um, discern or judge or evaluate whether an idea or an attitude or an action is right or wrong. But if we read this whole, this whole passage and all of Scripture, we know that Jesus is not saying that we are never to evaluate ideas or attitudes or actions, Right? We know that that is not the intent of what this passage is all about. No, you see, I think that this passage is really about discerning wisely. Certainly, some folks have argued in this passage, do not judge lest you be judged. They note that the Greek word speaks about condemnation. And so, indeed, it certainly means that we are not to condemn other people. And by condemning other people, uh, what it means is the word there meant to basically say to somebody, you're beyond restoration. You're beyond restoration and reconciliation. And so we should never treat anyone or speak to anyone as if they are beyond being restored or reconciled to God or to God's people. But I think Jesus is doing more than that in this passage. I think that he is challenging us in our relationships with other people to discern and to judge wisely in this upside-down world. I think that's why very quickly he follows and he says, how you judge, so will you be judged. We we don't like that. We don't like the portion of the Lord's Prayer that says, um, you will be forgiven just as you forgive other people. And yet, in both of these places, Jesus emphasizes that the way that we forgive And the way that we choose to discern, evaluate, and judge other people, it comes back to us. Now, if we think about it, that shouldn't surprise us, right? I mean, um, if we are always critical of other people and, and speaking and pointing out all the faults, eventually folks start to do the same thing to us, don't they? And so as a church, we shouldn't be surprised If we are so quick to point out everything that is wrong and talk about all the don'ts, we shouldn't be surprised when people look at the church and also point out our faults and our downfalls and our failure to live in love like Jesus The message, Eugene Peterson puts it in a wonderful way. He says, don't be quick to uh, pick on other people, to jump on their failures, or to criticize their faults. Unless, of course, that's what you want people to do to you. Now, I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I'm evaluating other people, that's not the first thought that I have. But I think Jesus is challenging us to slow down, and to listen to God. If we have a condemning and judgmental attitude and nature, then that is how we will experience the world. We will experience the world as being critical of ourselves. So how is it then that we should judge and evaluate Jesus says, before you take the splinter out of your neighbor's eye, take the log out of your own eye. Now, I don't think that Jesus means that before you can help somebody else deal with issues or faults that they have, that you have to be a perfect person. I don't think that's what he's saying here. I think what Jesus is saying is that before we can help other people, we need to be a bit more self-reflective. We we need to understand our own faults and our own biases. We need to understand that um, it's possible uh, that we might be wrong about that splinter in someone else's eye. See, I think Jesus is... um, Emphasizing here that we need to make sure that our vision is as clear as possible if we are going to help someone else. A number of years ago, I got a piece of uh, glass in my eye from an exploding um, fluorescent light, and I went to see the doctor. Now, if if I had gone to see this doctor and he'd come in with a patch over his eye and a big old hunting knife, and said, let me get that sucker. I'd been running, because he was going to do more damage than help, right? See, I think part of what Jesus is saying is is sometimes if we rush forward without thinking about our own biases, our own faults, our own things that we deal with, we might attack the splinter with a hunting knife instead of a pair of, tweezers and and this doctor um, he had good eyesight used bright lights and uh, used uh, one of the smallest tweezers I've ever seen and you know what he got the splinter out and it still hurt can you imagine what it had felt like if he'd used a hunting knife and and yet that's how we treat people sometimes See, I think Jesus is saying we need to be aware of our own blindness and our blind spots, and we need to be aware that we could be wrong. You think that's possible? A couple of years ago, the bishop, uh, in the midst of the controversy in the church, he, he suggested pastors should start every conversation off by saying, I could be wrong, but... And he got grief from pastors like, why in the world would I start off a conversation saying, I might be wrong, but here's how I see it. Uh, This is how it is in Scripture. I can't be wrong. Wow. Now, I tell people, I know I'm wrong about something. I just wish I knew what it was, so I'd stop telling it to you. So sometimes y'all may have to help me. See, sometimes we think our interpretation of Scripture is Scripture. There's a difference. That's why earlier, Jesus said, you have heard it said, but I say. Helping us to understand the intentions behind Scripture and what God intended with Scripture. And you know, if we're more aware of our own biases, of the logs, of the faults that we have, then we are more likely to be gentle and compassionate with others when indeed we seek to help them. Or we seek to correct them. Our only hope of rightly judging Others and evaluating others is to have a sense of humility and self-reflection about ourselves. So as long as we're taking care of the log, we're ready to go forward, right? Wait a second. Jesus says something, really. I don't know about y'all. I'm sure you, you all perfectly understood this, right? When he said, um, after, the, after he talks about taking this plan, he says, um, Don't give holy things to dogs. And don't throw pearls before pigs. What in the world is he talking about? Anybody know? Again, this is a passage we often pull out of this context. And we use it to say, well, there are some people that are just unworthy of hearing the gospel from us. Have you ever heard people use that passage in that way? Ah, oh, it's a waste of time to... Go share the gospel with these folks. They're unworthy. I mean, dogs and pigs were not highly thought of in the first... You know this, right? Dogs and pigs. This is a Jewish community. Pigs weren't thought highly of. Neither were dogs. See, I don't think Jesus is saying you need to categorize people. These people are dogs. Eh, You guys are swine. You're the good people over here. I don't think that's what Jesus is calling us to do when he, when he does this. But if we hear it in the context of, of this thing about judging, I think what Jesus is saying is that we do need to evaluate the receptivity of people. Yes? Have you ever tried to offer words of wisdom to somebody who isn't ready to hear them? like your 13-year-old son? <laughs> yeah? you experienced that, maybe? I, I, I mean, I think what Jesus is saying, sometimes we can give the wisest, we can give the wisest advice to somebody, but if they're not receptive to it, if they're not ready to receive it, they're just going to trample all over it and and sometimes it's likely to do more damage than it is good. It'll just make them more angry. They'll push us away. See, I I think what Jesus is saying in this passage is that there's also a right time and a right way to share a concern we have about somebody else's behaviors or attitudes or actions. Yes? Does that make sense? I mean, this, this kind of makes sense to me. Because you see, um, if our goal is to truly help somebody rather than just to tell them that they are wrong, then we care about how they receive it, don't we? Now, if our whole goal is just to condemn them, and make sure they know, then we don't care. It's fine if they get mad. That just shows that they're even a worse person than I thought. Isn't that how we think sometimes? So Jesus is saying, if we're going to evaluate, if we're going to discern, if we're going to judge rightly, if we're going to be in community with one another to help each other grow and to overcome our mistakes and our faults and our sins... We need to be self-conscious about ourselves, self-reflection of ourselves. We need to uh, be sure uh, that we we go in humility and with an understanding that we might be wrong. We also need to be aware and to discern whether timing is right and whether someone is receptive to hearing what we might say. And we probably need to discern whether or not we're in the right frame of mind to decide to to to, to share it. Also, don't you think? I think that, was, that was my biggest problem with my 13-year-old son, is um, I felt like I needed to give him immediate feedback. Yeah, nah, I needed to relax, chill out, tone it down a little bit. I'm not sure I learned that till he was 20 years old, but. He still talks to me. Um, so we need to discern the timing. Now it's interesting, this next passage, 7 through 11. Ask, seek, and knock. Another passage of Scripture that's often been pulled out of context. In fact, it's often pulled out of context and it's like the basis for the name it and claim it faith. Yes? Um, All i got to do is just ask and seek and knock at the door and God will give it to me. Well, I mean, that may be what it means. I could be wrong. But I think in the context of this passage, and it very clearly goes with this passage because verse 13, verse 12, Um, where it says treat others the way you want to be treated, ties back to the very first thing about judge the way you want to... So we know it all goes together. And so if we look at it in the context of this passage, you know what I think Jesus is saying when He says ask, seek, and knock? He's saying in the midst of conflict and disagreement where you think you need to correct somebody or help somebody to grow, invite God into the situation. Seek God's wisdom and God's guidance. Go knocking on the door and say, God, help me with this. See, that's what we do if our whole intention is to truly help someone. If our whole intention is to help them grow and be restored and be reconciled. If our whole intention is to understand first. because sometimes we find out after we've prayed and sought, and then we go encounter the person with a different attitude, we discover we've misinterpreted the whole situation. Rather than flying off the handle, And judging and condemning people. Actions that undermine society and community and harmony. Jesus says, Sure, you can do it that way. That's the way the world does it. Go ahead. What has it gotten us? Less civility, more division. A place where we can't even have conversations with people we disagree with anymore without demonizing them and calling them names. Is that the kind of world that anybody can flourish in? I don't think so. Maybe you all do. Ask, seek, Knock. Invite God into the situation and seek God's wisdom and guidance. And one last word, Jesus says, right? One last word. Treat people the same way you would like to be treated. Now, apply that to this whole situation. You do something wrong... We love it when somebody comes up and says, you stupid fool, what were you thinking? How could you do something so bad? And we receive that by saying, oh, thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate that. No? That's how you all do it, right? No? You don't take that too well? Well, neither do I. So don't try that with me, please. <laughs> treat, uh, uh, it, treat other people the way you want. And Jesus, just to hammer this home, this is the law and the prophets, folks. You know, they didn't have the New Testament then. In other words, this is the summary of the Torah and the prophets. Uh, the the uh, rabbi Hillel said, everything else is commentary. Treat other people in the midst of disagreement, in the midst of something that you think that they have done wrong. Now, this does not mean if your, friend, um, if your friend wants the candy bar and picks it up and sticks it in his purse or pocket, that you like, okay, I need to go home and pray about that one. It's okay to say, what are you doing in the midst of that, right? Timing's right then to say, what's going on? If you don't have the money, I'll buy it for you. Common sense. Jesus didn't say, get rid of our common sense, right? But if we treat other people the way that we want to be treated, then when we seek to correct other people, we will do it not out of condemnation, but we will do it out of a hope that they can be restored or reconciled, that they can grow and that they can learn. Uh, we will be charitable instead of critical. We will choose to do it privately rather than in the midst of a congregation. This young woman who had a child out of, uh, in the midst of a, of a message on a Sunday, the pastor drew attention to her having... Been pregnant, out of wedlock. Huh? When we treat others the way we want to be treated, we're much more likely to be gentle rather than harsh. We're much more likely to approach people in humility rather than pride. this is the one my wife had to keep reminding me of with my 13-year-old son, we're also more likely to act out of compassion rather than anger and frustration and disappointment. Because you see, the goal is not to beat people down. The goal is not to tell people how bad they are. The goal is that together, we help each other grow to be more and more like Christ each and every day. And that means we have to be open to receiving feedback and giving feedback in a productive way. See, if we really want to make a difference in the lives of other people, we have to be willing to come alongside one another, to journey with each other, to participate with each other, to invest our time and our energy to get to know one another so that we might help each other to live and to love more and more like Jesus so that we might make an impact in our world. We need to learn when someone does something that we think is terrible or wrong, we need to learn to see the potential of good in that person. And we need to ask and seek and knock and ask God if we are the person to help someone else or whether we need to be the one to receive. I want to close with this prayer. I don't remember where I came across this, but it seems like an appropriate prayer as we hear these words this day. And I challenge us as we continue to hear the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, that we not just say, I don't believe that. I can't do that. But we allow the words to sink in because I truly believe if we learn to live in this way, not only will we flourish, but other people will flourish. And maybe we can begin to turn this upside down world right side up. Hear this prayer. Help us. To believe the best about others until facts prove otherwise. To assume nothing, to seek all sides of the story, and to judge no one until we've removed the log in our own eyes, until we have understood that we might be wrong and we have our own faults. May we bring not only the law to find fault and condemn, May, may, may we never bring only the law. May we never seek to only find fault and condemn. Help us always to bring the gospel, to give hope, to offer deliverance. As you, my judge and my friend, my Savior and my Lord, have so graciously done for me. And all God's people said, Amen.